Hello friends and thank you for joining me back here on the Daycare Mom podcast. I haven't talked to you guys in like over two months. It's been wild, it's been crazy, it's been busy and I'm finally getting a chance to come in and talk to you today. So welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Um, last time we spoke, I was talking to you about transitions Um, and I think I said I was going to talk to you about boundaries. Now, the way I'm going to talk about boundaries today is not only to work within the daycare life, um, but I hope it also brings forth something to your regular everyday lives. So when it comes to boundaries, I think people find it very hard to separate between home daycare and what is not considered part of your home daycare life. And I mean, the great part about doing home daycare is that we have the ability to treat our clients as family and to bring them into our lives and make the daycare experience all that more comforting and welcoming. But I think At times, I would say families more than providers cross cross the boundary line because they get too comfortable and their expectations run very high or are um, their expectations are that like you are not providing the most service that you're just there to cater to them all the time and they don't realize that you have other children in your care as well as your own child because most of us who do home daycare have our own children as well so I think a lot of families um, take that for granted and sometimes they realize it sometimes they don't Uh, they cross the line or they can't cross the line they think of you as you know, too much like a friend or they think of you as an employee and they try to like steer things in the direction that they want to go. So I'm going to offer up some examples today without naming names or children's names especially, but I've had, especially this year, I've had a few occasions where boundaries were crossed and On my personal end, I didn't do anything to really stop it. Um, I let things get a little bit out of hand. And then at the end of the day, I get burned. I feel resentment. And then that's where my stress has come from. So I want to take you back a few months. Um... Actually, probably to the to the beginning of last year, even when this whole pandemic started, um, you know, obviously we couldn't keep at full capacity of kids. So some of the kids ended up staying home, especially the school, um, the parents who worked in schools, they kept their kids home because they were remote teaching. And one parent didn't have a position, so... You know, they all stayed home without paying me, which was fine. 
Um, I had one family in care who generally was full-time, but decided because they were working from home, they wanted to go down to part-time, which was fine. Less work for me, less kids for me, because I didn't have kids at full capacity either, so it gave me more family time, more time with my own son, which was great. Um, but then this particular family, I felt took advantage of that scenario and, you know, became incredibly demanding during last year and earlier this year. Um, always questioning me on what I was doing with their daughter, always questioning me like on everything I was doing, like it was going well for a while and then all of a sudden it was as if they didn't trust me with her anymore or they wanted to control what we were doing here, which didn't fly well with me because we have certain things that we do, certain ways that we go about things, etc., etc. And then came October where they wanted to go on vacation and leave the little girl with family here. So at the time, if you were going anywhere outside of the country, you had to quarantine for 14 days. They thought that if they left her here, they would still be able to bring her in when they came back, which is not the case. Um, they would still have to quarantine her. So in the time that they were gone for their week, she was with family. And then when they came back, I had them quarantined for two weeks. And generally in my contract, it says whether the child is here or not, whether they go on vacation or not, families still pay their full rate. Wow. This family thought it was a great idea to ask me to give them a break on the rate or to not charge them at all while they were quarantined. Now, if you go on vacation, that's your prerogative. Quarantine is not my idea. It's the idea of the government. So at first I was about to say, like, you know, no, you have to pay full rate. But then because of the stresses of the year, I just was like, you know what, pay half, half day rate for the two weeks that you're gone, pay full full rate for the vacation technical time and then half day for the two weeks so that's what we ended up doing but then they didn't end up stopping there they kept asking for more things they kept demanding more things and then it kind of trailed off to another family doing the same thing um they originally were part-time then they came back at full-time in september which was great and then in the new year my husband got sick in March and that's where everything kind of went downhill. So he got sick, non-COVID related, and we went through a hard time. I had to close for two weeks. He was in the hospital for a week. It was a lot of stresses. Again, not COVID related. However, two, the two families ended up having COVID. They ended up having COVID. Um, prior to that, the one family that had gone on vacation back in October also went away in early March. They went to go visit family and because they were within the province, they didn't have to quarantine when they came back. So the little one came back right when they came back. So they were gone for two weeks and then they came right back. No quarantine, nothing. So then it was literally two weeks from when they came back that they got sick. 
my husband got sick prior to that, but it was an unrelated incident, which they thought it was related incident. And then they turned around and tried to tell us that we gave them COVID. Like she, this one family was actually both of them came up and we were just like, you gave us it, you know, don't tell us it was us. And it was a big old mess. And I never, I never really accused anybody. Actually, I said it could have been from anybody. It could have been from the moms working in the schools. It could have been from them going on vacation. I didn't specifically say it was one or two families. I just said, those are the possibilities because we don't do anything. We don't go anywhere. My son literally had been home since the new year. He didn't go anywhere. If we did end up going somewhere as a family, like groceries or whatever, he would stay in the car with one of us while the other one ran into the store. So there was no way. And my son was not even sick. But they apparently passed on information saying that he was. So because public health got involved, I had to change my hours. So I used to close at 5.30. And now public health recommended I close an hour earlier to be able to disinfect everything and have everybody gone before my husband comes home from work because he was more um, susceptible to getting sick because of an unrelated issue. So that's what I ended up doing. Sent a memo to the parents apologizing that unfortunately because when I was speaking to public health, they recommended I close early. So that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to close an hour earlier. Um, to be able to clean properly, disinfect everything before he gets home. And so that I don't have anybody here when he gets home. Well, this one family did not take it very well. Um, they were insisting that I still stay open till five thirty, six o'clock for them, which I said no. And, you know, they already had been giving me small issues up until then. So at that point I knew they were going to end up leaving. Um, it was just a matter of like, like, okay, fine. Like, I think that was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so they said, okay, fine. We'll look for something else. Uh, but then she came back to me and was like, well, if you're going to close an hour earlier, do we pay less? Unfortunately not. Once you're over a certain number of hours for the day, you pay for the day regardless. Like generally I close at 430. I happen to stay open to 530 for them. So technically they were getting an hour, an hour to an hour and a half of free care for over a year. So I said, no, unfortunately I am not changing my rates as the quality of care is still there. They still get the same amount of meals and etc. So, and she's like, okay, fine. Well, unfortunately we'll have to leave. No problem. How much time do you need? I said, well, I know generally I tell you guys they have to give me a month's notice, but in this case, you know, two weeks is enough and I, I won't charge you for anything. Like that's it. So that was done. Then they left. Well, actually they showed up on Easter Monday when nobody else was here and I was upstairs with my family again my husband had just come home from the hospital the week prior so we were all kind of just huddled together upstairs and I didn't know they had arrived because we were still all sleeping it was like 7 30 in the morning and so we were all like okay well we're still sleeping we didn't hear the door or anything um but then they happened to wake up at a quarter to eight 
and saw all these messages, all these phone calls. And I was like, oh my God, like who died? It was from this family. They had shown up and were buzzing at my door and calling me and messaging me to open the door. I said, I'm sorry, I was not open today. If you needed care, you should have asked me last week. So then the husband, the husband, he's the one who ends up talking to me and he's like, well, why did you ignore her calls? I didn't ignore anybody calls. I was sleeping. I was in bed with my son, with my husband. We were all sleeping. So I said, if you do need care, I'll take her today. So then they still brought her. Then he tries, tries, I'm telling you tries, because I will strongly say that you do not come to my house and try to yell at me for something that you didn't do. So he comes and he tries to tell me that I should have been more communicative in telling them that I wasn't open today. I said, well, the last you know year that you've been here, I even told you last year I wasn't open on Easter Monday, but if you needed me, you should have asked. And he goes, well, I appreciate if you were to communicate to us better. I'm like, I did communicate to you. I told you on Thursday that I will see you on Tuesday. Have a great long weekend. Exact. That's it. So then he didn't say much. I said, I'll take her today. That's fine. I have no problem. We'll see you later. Went on his merry way. So then that was their last week, thankfully. Now we move on to the other family. The other family who had COVID. They went down this spiral where things happened in their lives, which is, you know, understandable. And I was sympathetic to them. And this is where I kind of went wrong because I wasn't shown much sympathy for when my husband was in the hospital. He almost died. Literally, I'm not even like exaggerating the fact that he almost died. And yet, I'm getting messages back and forth of basically teenage drama with these moms. Okay? Teenage drama. I'm a woman in my 30s. One of these moms is older than me by a short amount. One of these moms is younger than me by a short amount. The two of them together were like two high school girls. Two mean girls, if you must. And they would feed off each other and talk about me behind my back to one another. Okay? And... I don't stand for that nonsense. I hate drama. This is basically why I left working in middle schools is because I hate drama. Drama can stay in the theaters, can stay at the movies. It doesn't sit well with me when people are drama mamas and bring their nasty attitudes to me. So then this mom was still talking to the other mom. They still had their play dates, which is great. I don't care. Like that's not even... Like, I had no problem with that. That was, I had no issue. I have no issues about parents being friends. That's not a problem with me at all. But then this, this mom, she started doing some shady things with me. First, she's telling me, 
oh, well, because I'm going on a leave of absence, I can't afford daycare. So I'm either going to pull her or I can only bring her in a couple of days a week. Okay, fine. Bring her in a couple of days a week. At least she's still here. And when you go back to work, at least, you know, she has a place to go and you don't have to be on wait lists. Okay, fine. Took the cut for myself. Sympathetic to mom. Didn't berate her. Didn't bother her about anything. Summer comes along. I go on a vacation with my family for a week. And the week that I'm coming back, they were supposed to pay me. I was supposed to get payments from everyone. This mom shortchanged me. Okay. She shortchanged me. And I messaged her and I was like, hey, everything okay? Like, you know, I noticed they only paid me for like one week. Is everything all right? Oh, yeah. Like, I thought I was going to pay you like half of this week. And then the next week I was going to pay on like my regular schedule. Okay, well, thanks, like, you know, next time talk to me about that and then we'll figure it out instead of just taking it upon yourself to change that. So then she comes in for the week, whatnot. And then towards the end of the week decides, well, now I'm going to pull her because I'm going to get a, a job at a school that's further away and I need a daycare closer to school, closer to work. Okay, so that's fine. She ended up cutting it off in August. And we, you know, had our pleasantries. We had no issues. September rolls around. Some weird things happen with my social media, I must say. I don't know what happened, but I lost a bunch of people on social media. And one of them happened to be her and this other mom. So I messaged her and I said, hey, don't know what happened to my social media, but is it like, how are you? Is everything okay? She gave me such a rude answer that I, like, I don't know. I don't even know what, what to say. But it made me feel at that point that I had taken so much stuff from people, so much drama so much of myself was taken away from like by people they took advantage of my generosity they took advantage of my kindness and they just didn't care you know they just didn't care and I had to really come to terms with that because it was just one of those things where you think like if you're good to people and you're kind to people and you help people that they're going to be good and kind to you. Apparently not. That's not how it works. I adored these little girls that were in my care. I made myself available to them as much as I could. And it was just taken advantage of. And it took a lot of me to be able to help them and it has taken me a little while to figure that out I needed a minute (laughs) um 
but yeah so never compromise yourself or your health or your well-being for the comfort of others because at a moment's notice they will not do the same for you and I feel that maybe not the other one influenced her as much or maybe she did I don't know because the other one had more of like a mean girl attitude towards her than than this particular mom and on top of it this particular mom and I knew each other from elementary school so that is also another thing is boundaries when it comes to working with people you know or knew um I don't advise um I don't advise against it but I uh would say to approach it with very much caution because again I think the comfort level was too much, too easy, and she was comfortable enough to take advantage of it, whether she was aware of it or not, I don't know, <sighs> but that's what ended up happening. So that was those two moms, <laughs> two families, and then a crazy thing happened was that towards the end of the summer, I took on another family with siblings. And I took their deposit. They were to start in September. Again, mom worked for a school board, which was great. You think it's easy peasy. Our, our interview went well. And then I finally met the kids. And I instantly regretted it. They, like my living room, playroom, daycare room, whatever you want to call it, was immaculate that day. I cleaned it top to bottom. I fixed everything up. It was beautiful. By the time they were done and they were only here for like an hour, it looked like a tornado hit my room, my house. It was redonkulous. The kids were jumping on my couch. The parents didn't say anything. They were throwing toys on the floor. And I mean like, yeah, great. They're kids. But also you're at somebody's house that you're meeting for the first time. You should take control of your kids a little bit better. Or, like, you're at somebody else's house, your kids should be more well-mannered in not jumping on their couches, in not, you know, like, one of them was climbing on our dollhouse, I'm like, it's not meant for human children to be in there. And he's, like, sitting on it and looking at me as if, like, you're not going to say anything because my parents are here. No, dude, like, get off my dollhouse. Um, they were only here for two weeks. Mom ended up pulling them herself because I think her anxiety got to the best of her or she felt I was too expensive for them. But then she started making up like a story of like her kids' needs weren't being met. And I'm like, I, I treat all the kids here the same. Nobody gets more better treatment. Nobody gets ignored. Everybody gets the same. Uh, they all eat the same thing. We all do the same thing. They get the same activities, all of that. Uh, her older kid, the older one that was here from the two, he was always demanding I give him chips, cookies, candies instead of the fruit and veggies and things I had made for them for lunch and, sh and snack. And then he would go home and tell mom that he didn't eat here at all that day and that I refused to give him any food. So... You know, again, boundaries, again, were, not, were crossed. So 
I think that is when <laughs> I had to really step, take a step back from doing the podcast, take a step back from taking anybody new. One of my former little girls who left towards the end of summer came back in October, which was great. She's fantastic. Her and my son are like the best of friends. We joke around saying that they're going to get married one day because now they call each other boyfriend, girlfriend, which is so funny. But I had to take a step back. I had to take a step back from doing my podcast. I had to take a step back from um, my other side business, which is I make self-care products. And I had to take a step back from taking on any other kids. I've had inquiries. I've had people asking me for a spot and I've just not been all for it. I have a really small group now. I'm homeschooling my son and that is how I'm learning to take, to take on the idea of boundaries. I never really set them in the past. I always let things go with people and that has always been my mistake because then I allowed the situation to get to a point where I was frustrated and I became angry about things um, or resentful and then you know then I, I don't say anything I don't bring it up to anybody so then that it really affects me after the fact so I am learning to set boundaries and it feels pretty good <laughs> it feels pretty good because you know it is not our responsibility to constantly make other people feel comfortable by making ourselves feel uncomfortable. We are responsible for our own happiness. We are responsible for um, doing things that imp- improve our lives rather than improve somebody else's. Like, yes, I was doing a service to these people, but at the same time, they're paying me to watch their children. They're not paying me to take a part of me away. And that's what ended up happening with a lot of these people. And, you know, it's not my job to fix them. It's okay if they get mad at me. It's okay if I say no to them. I am not taking responsibility for other people's actions. I don't need to anticipate their needs for me. If they need something, they need to ask me. I am not going to compromise myself or my family, especially my family, for the needs of others. Um, It is not my job to make them happy. Like, really, it isn't. If they're not happy in their lives, that has nothing to do with me. And it is not my job to make sure that they're okay and to make sure that their needs are being met when mine and my family's are being pushed to the back burner. Okay? And they don't have to agree with me. They're paying me for a service, but I'm providing them a service. I'm providing them a safe space for their children. I'm providing them a first learning education for them. I'm like early education for them. I'm providing them a place to learn social skills and they may not agree with the way I go about things but at the same time that is how they learn that is how I teach and I find it very effective um I have the right to my own feelings 
I have the right to be upset. And I've, I've talked to other people who are like, oh, but they're paying you. They're paying you so that you watch their kids. They're paying you for this and that. Yes, they are paying me, but they are also paying me to, that's, that's what they're paying me for is to watch their kids. They're paying me to teach their children. They're not paying me to take on their sick children. And like, I always complain when people bring in sick children, that drives me bananas because I'm not here to take in your sick kids so that you don't have to stay home from work that day. That is not what your daycare is for. That's not what your babysitter is for. Unless you specifically hire a babysitter to be like, hey, if you can just take my kids when they're sick, like that's one thing. But what with the daycare, there's other children involved. There's other families involved. Other families may have immune compromised family members at home. When a child who has an older sibling is home from school because they're sick, the daycare child should also stay home because they are more like most likely to be contaminated and have that sickness. And then they bring it to daycare and then everybody ends up getting sick. So again, we have to create those boundaries. And these don't just transfer to daycare life. This transfers to your everyday life. That you have to create boundaries with others. You shouldn't compromise your integrity, your feelings, your yourself to make other people feel comfortable. And I know in our current society, that's like an, oh my God, how dare you kind of idea, but it is true. You know, we are so worried about saying the wrong thing to people. And we are so worried about what's correct, how to correctly say things, how to not offend anybody. But then with doing that, I mean, of course, it's just, it's just within reason, obviously, I'm not telling people to be belligerent and blatant rudeness to everybody. But if we're going to compromise ourselves and our beliefs for others, then that's taking a piece of us away. And other people have to realize that, that that's not fair. Like, yes, your feelings are validated because of whatever politically correct ways you want but you have to understand that my opinion is valid as well I don't always need to agree with you I don't always need to make you feel comfortable I don't always need to take on your trauma to make you feel comfortable to make you feel better and if something I say is triggering to you well I'm sorry but that is a you problem that's not a me problem and I've been saying that a lot with people like that is a you problem that is not a me problem if you have a problem with it, then please tell me. Don't just take it as a trigger and then go do whatever else. If it's a trigger for you, let me know so that we can talk about it and we both have an understanding of where we both stand, like we our, our opinions, okay? So, yeah, with boundaries, it's, you know, it, it's a tough... A tough uh, road to to maneuver, I would say. 
because there's so many ways that I've seen in my life where I've compromised my mental health, my general mood for the day, just so I don't want to upset someone else. And I think at some point it's okay to upset other people if you then talk about it. If I don't agree with something that somebody has said to me or, I, or they've done me wrong, I'm not just going to sit quietly and allow it to happen and then my feelings fester. You know, I want to be able to say, hey, I don't like that and then be able to talk about it. But because it's so hard with so many people to do something like that, sometimes it's not even worth it because you just know the actions of other people, you know the reaction of other people, and they will stand by their ghosting, their narcissistic ways, etc., just to make you feel bad for calling them out. So I find for myself, because this is now <laughs> venturing into like a self-care idealistic rant, my self-care at this point now is self-talk. Self-talk is like one of the best ways to figure out problems in your life. It's not a mental disorder. You know, you're, you're verbalizing how something in your head is going and sometimes saying it out loud and then, you know, trying to figure out a solution is really the only way that you can go about it without driving yourself nuts or other people. Because sometimes when we talk to other people, if they don't know the situation you're in or they don't understand it or, you know, we sometimes don't know how to explain it to other people, I feel like it just falls on deaf ears and it's not entirely their fault because... Sometimes I think we even look for answers that other people don't really have. Um, so self-talk, I find, is like my number one thing I do. And I usually do it, obviously, when I'm by myself. <laughs> um, but like when I'm cleaning, when I'm cleaning up the kitchen, putting dishes in the dishwasher, or like fixing up something. And I'm just like, yeah, like this, you know, this is bothering me. You know, and I'm having like outward conversations of things that I wish I did differently. Um, but yeah, self-talk I find is like my greatest outlet of stuff. Writing things down is also a really cool one. I like typing because the clicking of the keyboard also helps me think of things that I'm saying. Um, doing this podcast really helps me out. Um, it's kind of like self-talk, but then other people kind of hear it. So then I feel like, okay, well, I'm not really talking to myself because maybe there's somebody out there who um, might feel the same way. And sometimes I talk to other people. I talk to my husband, but again, he doesn't always know the way I feel or he has like a very different mindset that I do. And he's kind of like more abrupt with things, which is fine. Um, just not always the way I would do stuff talk to some family, my mom, but again, she's in that mentality of, oh, well, they paid you or, oh, well, you can't change people. And it kind of falls there. So that doesn't help <laughs> all the time either. Um, but yeah, doing this podcast really does help sometimes. And I think 
I hadn't done it for a while because I was scripting myself for the first little bit because I wanted to get some points across and I didn't want to forget anything. But now I think I'm going into a more uh, non-scripted type of podcast. I'm going into more of like, what's going on off the top of my head? Let me just talk to you and see how you're doing. Um, so yeah, so that's what's been going on. Uh, I feel like sometimes I have some, I don't know if it would be considered PTSD, but some worries or some like trauma, I guess you, I don't know, I don't want to say it was trauma because I mean, there's worse trauma, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I would say that, uh, that I go through some bouts of like worry um, of like, like certain events will happen like birthdays or now Christmas is coming up. So we decorated everything and you know, a couple of holidays already passed. So then in my head, I'm like, how would this have looked had my husband not come home from the hospital? How would birthdays have gone? How would Christmas have gone? And it just, it makes me worry. He's doing great, by the way. He's, you know, it looks like nothing really happened. And we're still dealing with some other stuff, but, you know, that's coming along. But, you know, there's always that thought in the back of my mind of, like, what would have happened had he not come home? Would I still be here? Like, in this in this house that we're in, would I still, would we still be here, my son and I? And how would I have explained that to him? He just turned four at the end of October. So when my husband was in the hospital, he was like about three and a half or almost three and a half. Like, how would have I explained that his dad wasn't coming home? And I think that gets me because I know there's so many people out there who've lost a spouse, whether it's the mom, the dad, to however. And, you know, I want to know how, like, how you've maneuvered that. How you told your child or your children. um, How you were able to go on doing, like, living where you are without, because, I mean, where we are. It's expensive to rent, so I don't feel like we would have been staying here for very long. Um, We would have definitely had to move further away in order to find something cheaper. But, like, those of you who've gone through something like that with the worst outcome, how did you do it? I would love to know. I would love to talk to you about it. I would love to hear about your story. Um, And I just, I want to hear how you all deal with setting boundaries and taking care of yourself after, like these last couple of years haven't been easy for a lot of people, haven't been easy for everybody. And I'm a pretty mentally sound person. Like I didn't let it really make me feel depressed or anything like that, but it just, it made me very tired. And at times very stressed out to the point where I'm like, forget it. Like there was so many times where I'm like, I just want to shut down my daycare, do something else. I don't care if, you know, 
like whatever it is, just do something else. And yeah, that just really was my mindset for a long time, for a lot last few months. I was like, I was just so fed up with it. So fed up with everyone, so fed up with the way I was being treated, the way people were acting towards me. And I think what really hurt was the fact that when my husband was in the hospital, I felt very alone, even from family, because family didn't want to come here because they were afraid they were going to be exposed to COVID. I couldn't go over there again, afraid they were going to be exposed to COVID. I couldn't see my husband. I can only talk to him on the phone and do video chats. But I mean, in the hospital, the Wi-Fi and reception is very choppy. So it was very hard to do that. But yeah, we felt very alone here. It was just my son and I. I was trying to make it as normal as possible. You know, trying to have fun with him. Um, you know, cooking us yummy meals, having great fun bath time, snuggling up at night, things like that. But like, it just makes you wonder, like, what, what would it have been like to have had the worst possible case scenario? Because then in my head, I'm like, well, now, if something was to happen. I need to have a plan. And I feel like we're too young to be doing that. But at this point, you don't know what anything happens. So yeah, I want to hear what others have been doing. What others have done. What others will do. Like, how do you handle it? How do you maneuver it? Those of you who lost a spouse and that was like the main source of income... How did you manage? So yeah, that's my take on <laughs> boundaries and, you know, from daycare to normal life and how that affected us in the last few months. And I also want to add that even through all of this, I tried to keep things as normal as possible for my son. I don't want him to feel my stress. I don't want him to feel my upset. I want him to be as happy and healthy and safe as possible. And I don't want him to feel saddened by my sadness sometimes. I don't want him to feel stressed by my stress either. So throughout this whole time, I will honestly say that I think I've been able to keep it as normal as possible for him. And I ask him all the time, like, are you happy? And he always says yes. He always says how much he loves us. He's like such a happy guy and that's all that matters to me. Despite what happens with these families, with all this stuff, I just want him to be happy. And I think we achieved that greatly because we still did our family vacation. We still did our family outings. Yes, they were a lot different than what we expected them to be this year. But I think we managed to give him, we managed to give him a good life. Like my Especially with the fact that my my pay personally has gone down a lot. I think I make like a third of what I was making prior to all of this. Prior to, to March. Because since March it's been slowly going down, going down, going down. Um, so I'm hoping that things pick back up. In, in January and the new year, maybe I'll take on another family when I feel like my rest time and my, um, 
hiatus, I guess, I guess, from taking on new kids, I guess when I feel like that's over, then I can be more confident to take on another family in the new year. Um, yeah, that's just been us in a nutshell for the last few months. Um, thanks for listening and please follow me on Instagram at the underscore daycare mom podcast and please so like follow me on there send me some questions send me some topics um I haven't decided what I'm going to talk about next time because now we're like in the depths of Christmas time so we're going to be busy doing some crafts and some things maybe I'll talk about the crafts we're doing and like what my plans are for the for the holiday season Christmas shopping's almost done. I'm so happy about that. We've got that pretty much in the bag. Just a few more things and that's it. Um, But yeah, join me next time on the Daycare Mom podcast. And thank you so much for coming back and listening. Have a good night. Bye.